Let's continue. وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْمَحِيضِ And they ask you about mahid, About menstruation. يَسْأَلُونَكَ They were asking. Who was asking? The people, the companions, they were asking the Prophet ﷺ about menstruation. Like why? Why were the men so concerned about it? They were concerned because they wanted to know what the limits were in relationship with their wives when their wives were menstruating. Because where were the laws revealed? In Medina. And in Medina, along with the Muslims, as well as some mushrikeen, who else lived? Who else lived? The Jews. The Yehud lived over there. The Yehud, their practice was that if one of the women was menstruating, then they would not share the food with her. Like whatever she become impure, so she would not be allowed to touch anything. The husband and wife would separate their beds. There was complete, total cut off between the husband and the wife, when the wife would be menstruating. I myself have seen. I remember I once visited a place. It's in the north of Pakistan. And there is a, a small community, a small society of people who are not Muslim. They practice some other religion. It's a colony. And they have a house where all the women of the colony who are menstruating stay. They don't stay in their normal houses. They go and stay over there. And their children, their babies, their infants are with them, but the rest of them, they're outside. They're given their food over there, they're given their drink over there, they're not allowed to mingle with the rest of the people at all. Okay? So, such practices were common at that time as well. So the Muslims, they were concerned that what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to completely stay away from the women? You can't touch, you can't hug, you can't kiss, you can't do anything. What are the limits of sexual relations with a wife when she is menstruating. So, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْمَحِيضِ This word mahid is from the root letters حَيَضَاد and حَضَ means to flow. حَضَ means to flow. When something flows by itself. And menstruation is called mahid. حَيض Why? Because at this time, blood flows from a woman's body by itself. Meaning it begins by itself and it ceases by itself. A woman has no control over it at all. Sometimes you wish that you started your period, but it doesn't start. Sometimes you wish that it would not, but it does. Sometimes you wish it would end, but it does not end. Sometimes you wish it would continue, but it doesn't continue. It's not within your control at all. Alright? This is why it's called hayd. It's called mahid. But this word mahid, mahid, it doesn't just mean menstruation. Okay? Mahid is understood in two ways. First of all, it is understood as a masdar. What is a masdar? A noun. Okay? The main noun from which other words are, are derived. And you can understand this to be an action word. So for example, in the English language you say to eat. Okay? To drink, to walk. In Arabic, this is called mustar. Okay? So mahid is what? Menstruation. To menstruate. This is what mahid is. And what is menstruation? It is the flow of blood from a woman's rahm, from the woman's womb, her vagina, in specific days, by itself having certain characteristics. Okay? 
Secondly, it is also said that Mahid is actually Ism Zarf. And what is Ism Zarf? It is the noun of place or time. So Mahid would be the time of menstruation. Meaning the time when a woman is menstruating. Or the place of menstruation, meaning from where the menstrual blood flows. In other words, the vagina. So their question was that what are the limits of sexual contact with a woman, with a wife, when she is having her menses, when she is having her menstrual cycle. Is it allowed for a man to have sexual intercourse with her at that place or is it not permissible? So they wanted to know, what are the limits? And like we discussed earlier, that when a person has iman, then he fears Allah, and he wants to make sure that whatever he is doing is right. He becomes a very careful individual. And he will fear Allah even in the most intimate situations. Even in the most private matters. That even when the person is using the toilet, when they're cleaning themselves, they will not use the right hand, rather they will use which hand? The left hand. Because the Prophet ﷺ forbade us from using our right hand to clean ourselves after using the washroom. Who can see you over there? Nobody can. But who knows what you're doing, which hand you're using? Only Allah. So Allah wants us to fear us in every situation. Whether we are before people or we are alone. Whether we are having marital relations or we are dealing with the neighbor for whatever. So, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْمَحِيضِ They asked the Prophet ﷺ about mahid That what is permissible? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He revealed the answer in the Qur'an. Now this may be a little awkward, especially what is going to be mentioned in the verse, and also in the next verse. It may be a little awkward, but as we discussed earlier, this is a part of our religion. And Islam is a complete way of life. Like we learned earlier, udkhulu fi silmi kafa. Enter into Islam completely. So don't just be concerned about the laws of Islam when you're praying or when you're working, but also in marital life. What are the limits? What are those matters which are permissible? And what are those matters that are forbidden? And when learning about such matters, yes, a person must observe decency. However, shyness must not prevent a person from either explaining such things nor understanding such things. So don't think that I'm a very indecent person that I'm talking about these things. No, this is not out of indecency. Rather, it is to clarify the haqq. And we learn that even Allah does not shy away from the truth. And Aisha anha, she praised the women of Medina, that she said how good they are, that shyness does not prevent them from learning the deen. So we should also learn about such things, not because we should have some interest in them because they're bad things. No, they're not bad things. They're normal things. And we should be aware of what is permissible, what is not permissible. Because many people, they have no idea whether what they're doing is allowed or not. They're in confusion, they stay in confusion, they stay in guilt, and we should come out of that guilt and confusion. So they asked about mahid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ say, هُوَ أَذَى It is أَذَى هُوَ أَذَى It is something painful. The men, they can't understand what mahid is, what menstruation is, because they never have it. But all that they can understand is that it is something that is painful. You know, this really tells me how much Allah loves us. That He's telling the people, look, it is something painful. 
It doesn't say it's a condition. It's something temporary. Okay? It's something normal within women. How does he describe mahit? Adha. It is something that is painful. It is something that causes hurt to a woman. Adha is from the root letters Hamza Dalia. And Adha is pain, discomfort, hurt that a living being experiences. A living being experiences. It could be experienced by a human being, by an animal, okay, by a bird. Not that if you hit the table, you say you're hurting the table. No. Okay? But if you hit a person, yes, you're hurting them. If you hit an animal, yes, you're hurting them. So adha is what? Pain, hurt that is experienced by who? A living being. And adha is also used for khafif darar, meaning a very light pain. It's not something that's extremely painful or unbearable that a person is considered ill. No. It is adha, it is painful, but it doesn't mean that a person becomes ill. So, for example, if a woman has her period, it doesn't mean that she is ill. Okay? Because some people consider their regular period to be illness, which is why they will skip school, they will skip class, they will not do anything, they will lie in bed all day, they will not clean, they will not cook, they will not talk to other people, they will just sleep all day. Okay, it might be difficult for you, might be very painful for you, but you don't consider yourself to be sick. And if you take out that thinking from your head, inshallah you will be able to continue with your normal routine, your normal life. So, قُلْ هُوَ أَذَى It is أَذَى. It is pain. It is something painful. Now, why do you think the men are being told that this is something painful? So that they can understand why women become completely different when they are having their period. Because there is something that is known as PMS. right? And a lot of women suffer from that before, during their period. They become irritable. They become more tired. They become exhausted. They don't have much energy in them. They don't do things that they would normally do. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they are closer to illness than they are to health. Yes, they're not ill, but they're not even completely fine. It's somewhere in between. So accept them the way they are. Bear irritableness and their grouchiness and their being very emotional that on the slightest thing they start crying or they become upset. So bear it, tolerate that. Because huwa adha. And the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the men that it is adha is so that they refrain from having sexual intercourse with the women during this time. Because if a woman is engaged in the act of sexual intercourse during her period, it would cause her extreme pain. And this is the reason why it has been forbidden. Sexual intercourse during menstruation is something that is forbidden in Islam. We're not concerned about the health reasons, whatever they may be. Some doctors may say that it's not a big deal, and others say that it is a big deal, whatever. But what do we learn in the deen? That it is something that is forbidden. So, قُلْ هُوَ أَذَى This is why, فَاعْتَزِلُوا النِّسَاءَ فِي الْمَحِيضِ So keep away from the women during their menstruation. اِعْتَزِلُوا عَيْنْ زَيْ لَام اِعْتَزَالُ is to separate or keep oneself away from something. So فَاعْتَزِلُوا النِّسَاءَ فِي الْمَحِيضِ Keep away from the women during their menstruation. What does it mean? Don't touch them. Don't eat with them. Don't sit with them. Is that what it means? No, it means... Do not have sexual intercourse with them when 
they are having their period. Do not have sexual intercourse with them when they are having their period. So what is meant over here by muhid is not just menstruation, but the place of menstruation. Meaning keep away, stay away from that place. In other words, stay away from the vagina. This is why in the hadith we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said, إِصْنَعُوا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا nikah." That do everything except for sexual intercourse. In other words, a man and wife may continue with their intimate relations. The only thing that they're not allowed to do is sexual intercourse. That is the only thing that is forbidden. Aisha she says that the Messenger ﷺ used to ask me to wash his hair while I was having my period. He would lay on my lap and even recite the Qur'an while I was having my period. So, it doesn't mean اِعْتَزِلُ النِّسَاءَ فِي الْمَحِيدِ that a man has to stay away from the wife. No, he may sit with her, he may hug her, he may have physical contact with her, but the only thing that is forbidden is the vagina. That a man should stay away from. That is something that is not permissible during that time. Also we learned in the hadith that Aisha anha said, while having my menses, I used to eat from a piece of meat and give it to the Prophet ﷺ. And he would eat from the same place that I ate from. What does it mean? That she was not unclean. She was still clean. He still loved her. They could still have physical contact. So she would eat meat from a bone or from a piece of meat and then she would pass it to the Prophet ﷺ and he would eat from the same place. Not just the same piece, but the same place. I used to have sips of a drink and would then give the cup to the Prophet ﷺ who would place his mouth where I placed my mouth. What kind of love he had for his wife. So much love they had for each other. And this is why it was such a successful, such a happy marriage. People object a lot. Oh, Aisha Radilana, she was so young. How could that marriage be ever possible? Why do you care when they were so happy? Honestly, what problem do you have when they were happy? When they were completely fine with that marriage? When they didn't have any problem, then we should not have any problem. Because people make a big issue out of this. So, فَاعْتَذِلُ النِّسَاءَ فِي الْمَحِيضِ وَلَا تَقْرَبُهُنَّ And do not approach them. تَقْرَبُ قَافْرَبَ قُرْب To come near. And again, what this means is that do not have sexual intercourse with them. حَتَّى يَطْهُرْنَ Until they become clean. يَطْهُرْنَ From the root letters طَهَرَ طَهَرَ What does طَهَرَ mean? What does طَهَرَ mean? Cleanliness. So do not have sexual intercourse with them until they become clean. What does it mean by this? That once the bleeding stops, once the bleeding stops, when the period comes to an end, then you may have relations with them. But there is one more condition. فَإِذَا تَطَهَّرْنَ Then when they obtain purity. Who obtains purity? The women. تَطَهَّرْنَ From the root letters طَهَرَ Again. But there is a difference over here. يَطْهُرْنَ and تَطَهَّرْنَ يَطْهُرْنَ They become clean, meaning the bleeding stops. But تَطَهَّرْنَ is they obtain purity. How? That they take a bath. Okay? That they take a bath. So, once the bleeding stops, then they take a bath, and then they can resume their sexual relations, meaning a man and woman may have sexual intercourse then. So, حَتَّى يَطْهُرْنَ فَإِذَا تَطَهَّرْنَ And when they do become clean, when they take a ghusl, then فَأْتُوهُنَّ Then come to them, meaning approach them, مِنْ حَيْثُ أَمَرَكُمُ اللَّهِ From where Allah has ordered you. In other words, فَأْتُوهُنَّ Then you may have sexual intercourse with them, but where? 
where Allah has ordered you, at the place where Allah has allowed you. And what is that place? The vagina. Which means that other ways are not permissible. Which means that anal sex is something that is haram, absolutely haram, absolutely forbidden in our religion. The Prophet ﷺ said that لا ينظر الله إلى رجل أتى رجلا أو امرأة في الدبر. Allah will not even look at a man who approaches another man or a woman in their anus, meaning who has anal sex with another man or a woman. Allah will not even look at such a person. Allah will not even look at such a person. It is something that is completely forbidden. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, لا الله من الحق. Allah does not shy away from the truth. He said this three times. لا النساء في أعجازهن. Do not approach women in their backs. Meaning do not have anal sex with them. This is something that is forbidden in our religion completely. So, فَأْتُوهُنَّ مِنْ حَيْثُ أَمَرَكُمُ اللَّهِ Approach them from where? Allah has commanded you. Meaning the only place where Allah has permitted for you. Other ways are not permitted. Why is it so? Because, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ التَّوَّابِينَ وَيُحِبُّ الْمُتَطَهِرِينَ Allah loves those people who repent to Him and those people who clean themselves. Allah loves clean people. What are the two characteristics that are mentioned over here? Tawbah and Tahara. Why is Tawbah mentioned over here? Why a tawabin Those who repent to Allah constantly, again and again. Because it may have happened that a person may have done something wrong in the past. He may have uh, disobeyed Allah in marital relations, committed something that is haram. But if a person repents, changes their way, then what does Allah say? Allah loves those people who repent. Whatever happened in the past has happened. Now you change your ways. Don't make that mistake again. Don't commit that sin again. وَيُحِبُّ الْمُتَطَهِرِينَ هُوَ مُتَطَهِرِينَ Plural of mutatahir. One who attains purity. One who cleans himself. Allah loves those people who clean themselves. And if you think about it, menstruation, when a woman is having her menstrual period, then obviously there's blood that is coming out of her private part. And that blood is not clean. It is not clean at all. And a person, a man, must not have enjoyment where there's filth coming out from. Likewise, anal sex is something that is forbidden. Why? Because filth is excreted from that part of the body. And it doesn't make sense for a person who likes to keep himself clean that he would do such a thing. So Allah loves who? Those people who keep themselves clean. وَيُحِبُّ mutatahirin. So cleanliness is something that is very important. Now if you think about it, in this verse, the Sahaba, they only asked about the limits, what they were allowed to do in the time of menstruation. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to them what menstruation is, what they're not allowed to do, and what they're allowed to do afterwards. What is menstruation? What do we learn in this verse? It is adha. During menstruation, what is not permissible? Sexual intercourse. After menstruation, Otherwise, what are men allowed to do? Only have sexual intercourse where Allah has commanded and that is the vagina. Because Allah loves those people who keep clean and who also who also repent to Him. Then Allah says, نِسَاءُكُمْ حَرْثٌ لَكُمْ Your women, meaning your wives, they are harth for you. 
What is harth? Harth is from the root letters haratha. And harth is basically cultivating ground. A ground that is used for cultivation. So you can say a field, a place where a person sows the seed, where the crops grow, and a person has some produce, some benefit, some result at the end, some gain at the end. So harth is like a field. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that your women, meaning your wives, they are harthun lakum. Now, many people get offended. They're like, why are women being called harth? Tilth, cultivation, field. Why are we being compared to a field? Have you ever come across a person who owns land? Have you ever met somebody who owns land? A piece of land? Tell me, have you? Do you know anybody who owns a house? Yeah? You may be one of them. Your parents may be one of them. Tell me, how much do people like their land? Are they like, yeah, okay, whatever. Are they? No. They love their property. They love their property. They feel so proud of the fact that they have some property, no matter how small it may be. They're so happy about it. They're so protective, so possessive about it. Even if it's something very small. And a farmer is even more proud. Even more proud. Even more happier. He loves his land even more. There are some people who, if they ever grow some plants in their backyard, okay, even if it's some vegetables or, or whatever, they will tell everybody they know. That, you know, we have these tomato plants and they're growing tomatoes these days. We have this and we have that. You know, as their friends come in for a barbecue, they will show them around, this is tomato plant, this is this plant, this is this herb, this is that herb. It's a small vegetable garden. But they're so proud about it. Right? Your property, your land, you're so proud about it. Likewise, a husband, he is to love his wife in the same manner. He is to be protective and possessive about his wife in the same manner. And this is not a rape for a wife. It just shows how special she is, how special she should be, how important she should be to her husband. That how the farmer, the landowner, takes care of his land and he can never go on a vacation. Okay, let me leave my crop for three weeks, I'll come back and take care of them. If you ever do that, by the time you come back, your crop is destroyed. Unless you have somebody else taking care of it. Likewise, a man can never say, can never neglect his wife. If he does, he's ruining his relationship. So, nisa'ukum harthun lakum. Your women, your wives, are your place of cultivation. But in particular, this example has been given. Why? Because women are the place of sowing the seed. Meaning the men sow their seed in their women, in their wives. What does it mean? That when they have relations, then they have children. So, nisa'ukum harthun lakum. Your women are a place of cultivation, sowing of the seed for you. فَأْتُوا حَرْثَكُمْ Then come to your حَرْثَ حَرَثَ أَنَّا شِئْتُمْ However you will. What does it mean? That when it comes to sexual relations, it is only the place of fertility, the place of fertility that a man may approach. And what is that place? We know it is the vagina, because only that way a woman can become pregnant. Otherwise, she cannot. So فَأْتُوا حَرْثَكُمْ Come to your harth. Come to that place of cultivation only. 
But how can you come to that place of cultivation? That place, anna shi'tum, however you wish. However you wish does not mean that a man may also have anal sex with his wife. No. It means only sexual intercourse at the right place, but anna shi'tum, anna gives meaning of however, meaning in whatever position it is enjoyable for you. Anna shi'tum, that choice has been given. Because there were some misconceptions amongst the people, not just among the Yahud, but even others, that if a person has relations with his wife from the back, from behind, then the children will be crossed-eyed. Meaning the child will have some disability. And it was not a practice amongst the Ansar, the people of Medina, to adopt any other position in sexual intercourse. So they had a lot of misconceptions, a lot of fears amongst them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified the misconceptions over here that the place of sexual intercourse is specified, however the position, the times have been left open to the people. Anna shi'tum, whenever you wish, however you wish. And anna shi'tum also means that whenever. It means kaifa, meaning in whatever position, and secondly it also means whenever, at whatever time. Because the husband and wife are close to one another, and this need of fulfilling sexual desires is something that is normal, it is something that is natural, and it has to be fulfilled. If it's not fulfilled, it is not healthy for either the husband or the wife. So for that, the time has not been restricted, that for example, only in the night or only in the day. No, it's only in the month of Ramadan, that while a person is fasting, and outside of Ramadan, even when a person is fasting, then no sexual relations, but outside of that time, any time. So, فَأْتُوا حَرْثَكُمْ أَنَّا شِئْتُمْ وَقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ And send ahead for yourselves. Advance for yourselves. Send forward for yourselves. قَدِّمُوا from the root letters. قَافْ دَالْ مِيمْ قَدَّمَ يُقَدِّمُوا تَقْدِيمْ Is to send something ahead. So, قَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ Meaning send some good deeds for yourself. Where? In the hereafter. In other words, the husband and wife should not just be concerned about their intimate relations only. That the man, every time he thinks of his wife, this is all that is on his mind. The wife, every time she thinks of her husband, this is all that's on her mind. No. Your spouse is not just for sexual enjoyment. Your spouse is a very important person in your life with whom you are to perform other righteous deeds as well. So, وَقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ Worry about other important good deeds as well. Yes, having relations with the spouse in a halal manner, this is also an act of worship, because this is a halal way, so Allah is pleased with the two people. But there are other ways of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. So the husband and wife should also do other righteous deeds together. So, وَقَدِّمُوا anfusikum. Some scholars have said that the meaning of قَدِّمُوا anfusikum is that قَدِّمُوا send ahead for yourselves, meaning before the sexual relations, say Bismillah. Say Bismillah. Qaddimu, meaning send ahead before the relations, what? The name of Allah. So when the husband and wife, when they have relations, in a hadith we learn that if a man approaches his wife, and before the intercourse, both of them say, Bismillah, Allahumma jannibna shaytana wa jannibi shaytana ma razaqtana, that in the name of Allah, O oh Allah, keep us away from shaytan and keep shaytan away from us in what you provide us. Then inshallah, if Allah will bless them with a child as a result of that, then shaytan can never harm that child. Shaytan can never ever harm that child. So, وَقَدِّمُوا anfusikum. Don't forget to mention the name of Allah. Another meaning of وَقَدِّمُوا anfusikum, which is a third meaning, is that 
send ahead for yourselves meaning have children because the objective the purpose of marriage is not just to have sexual pleasure but it's actually to have a family to grow a family and although the use of contraception is something that is not forbidden in Islam but the objective of marriage is what to have a family so if husband and wife are having relations but with the intention of not having any children at all then this is something that is not correct because Allah says وَقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ intend to have children it doesn't mean that they cannot decide anything no if they decide not to have children at a particular time for a genuine reason then it is okay but وَقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ in general they should have the intention to have righteous children وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ and fear Allah وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ مُلَاقُوهُ notice how Allah says over here fear Allah meaning fear Allah in this matter as well have fear of Allah when you're overcome by your physical desire when you cannot think of anything else you're overwhelmed by your desire even at that time have fear of Allah and only do that which is permissible because sometimes it happens that a person may be overcome by his desire and he ends up doing that which is haram like for example a woman is having her period it is not allowed to have sexual intercourse at that time but a person does not have fear of Allah at that instant and they have relations is it correct? it's not correct it's not permissible so وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ fear Allah and Allah warns us that وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ مُلَاقُوهُ and know that you're going to meet him someday mulaqu this is the plural of mulaqin mulaqin is the one who does liqa lam qafia meaning one who meets the other so remember know keep in mind that one day you are going to meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are going to meet him then what does it mean what does it mean that you should fear allah in the most intimate in the most private matters of your life as well when it comes to prayer, when it comes to zakat, when it comes to many things, people are very careful. But when it comes to marital relations, they forget Allah. And they cross the limits of halal and haram. So Allah warns us, know that one day you are going to meet Him. وَبَشِّرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And give good news to the believers. Give good news of what? Of reward. That they have been dutiful, they have been careful, they have been obedient to Allah, even in this most private matter, so give them good news that inshallah Allah will reward them abundantly. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْمَحِيضِ قُلْ هُوَ أَلًا فَاعْتَزِلُ النِّسَاءَ فِي الْمَحِيضِ وَلَا تَقْرَبُوهُنَّ حَتَّى يَطْهُرُنَّ فَإِذَا تَطَهَّرْنَ فَأْتُوهُنَّ مِنْ حَيْثُ أَمَرَكُمُ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ التَّوَّابِينَ وَيُحِبُّ الْمُتَطَهِّرِينَ نِسَاءُكُمْ حَرْثٌ لَكُمْ فَأْتُوا حَرْثَكُمْ أَنَّا شِئْتُمْ وَقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ مُلَاقُوهُ وَبَشِّرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Now, in these verses, we learn that when women 
when they become pure, then they take a bath. Right? This is something that women should know very clearly. When is it that their period ends? When is it that they can take a bath? Because when the period ends from that time onward, a woman has to resume her prayers as well. Right? You all are familiar with that? You all are aware of that? That as soon as your period ends, you have to start praying again. So you should know when it ends. Because sometimes people stay in confusion. That, oh, I don't know if it's ended or not. I just won't pray. And they're not praying for five days, for seven days, for eight days, for ten days, for twelve days, for fifteen days. Because they say, I continue to bleed, or this continues, I'm in confusion, so I've stopped paying attention. There's some basic things that you must be aware of. Because it's a matter of salah. And salah is fart. It's wajib on us. And we cannot become negligent when it comes to prayer. When it comes to discharge, vaginal discharge, okay, it ranges from clear right, to yellowish color to sometimes even greenish color to brown, yellowish brown, to pink, to red, to dark brown. It has different colors, right? It ranges, right? So this is something that you should be aware of. Secondly, a woman, she menstruates at a particular time in the month. Okay? So the typical time that the woman is menstruating. These two things a woman must be aware of. Now, when the time comes when a woman typically has her period, let's say it's the fifth of every month or the fifth or sixth of every month, okay? And she starts bleeding. Or the vaginal discharge, the color is different. It's pink. It's not really red. Or it's very dark brown. Or it's light brown. And you say, but it's not actually red. So is it period or not? If it's within that window, if it's any color but clear, then you will consider it to be period. Okay? If it's within the typical window of time, when you have your regular menstrual cycle, any color it may be other than clear, then you will consider it to be what? You will consider it to be your period. Whether it is very light or the flow is very heavy, it does not matter. Okay? But any color other than clear, it will be considered your period. Now, let's say the typical window, let's say you have your typical periods for five days, six days, seven days. That is over and you're still bleeding then what do you do? You ignore the bleeding or the spotting or the color discharge that's coming out and you take a bath and you start praying. The maximum you can go according to some scholars is 10 days. But beyond 10 days, you will ignore that bleeding. Okay? You will not pay any attention to it. You understand? So typically your period is 7 days. This month you're having it for 10 days. On the 11th day, it's still continuing. What are you going to do on the 10th day? You're going to take a bath and you're going to continue praying. But what do you have to do? Before you pray, you have to clean yourself and perform fresh wudu. According to some scholars, you have to take a bath and you can join prayer. So for example, Zuhr, Asr, you can pray together, take a bath. Maghrib, Isha, you can pray together, take a bath. But if that is difficult upon a person, then they can just clean themselves and perform wudu before every single prayer. That is also correct according to some scholars. Okay? Now, what if the typical time when you have your period, let's say it's seven days, after four days, nothing. Nothing at all. Then what are you going to do? You're going to wait for a day, okay? For some time at least. If the bleeding continues, 
if the color of the discharge changes, then your period has continued. Then you don't have to repeat the prayers that you missed on that one day. Okay, you don't have to because this was just a pause in your periods, in the bleeding, but you are still having your period. But let's say after four days, nothing happens. The bleeding does not continue after that at all. You wait for a day, okay, then what do you do? You wait for two days, what do you do? You take a bath and you start praying. Now let's say, after two days, the bleeding starts again. And if it starts again, it was technically your seventh day. Technically your seventh day. Two days you waited, two days you prayed, and now on the seventh day, there is bleeding again. Then what will you do? If it's within the typical time frame of your period, then you will consider it to be period. But if it's after that, then you will not consider it to be your period. You understand? If it's after that, you will not consider it to be your period. Regardless of how much it is, how it is. Okay? So, is it clear? Inshallah, uh, you can learn about this in detail as well. And uh, we will try, inshallah, our best to teach you the subject in detail. But in summary, this is the fiqh of periods. Okay? And once the period is over, then you know that you have to take a bath immediately and start praying. So for example, your period ended at let's say around Maghrib time. Then what do you have to do? Take a bath immediately and start praying. You have to pray Maghrib. Okay? You can't say that, oh, I'll pray Isha now. It's okay. No. If by the time you take a shower, the time of Maghrib is over, then what will you do? You will make up your Maghrib salah. Okay? Yes. Okay, let's say you're at school. Okay? And it is Zuhr time. And it's winter. By the time you get home, it will probably be Maghrib. Or late Asr. Then what can you do? Obviously, you're out and about. It's not possible for you to take a bath in the school washrooms. There's no facility over there. Even if you try to, you can't. Then what will you do? You will try your best to get home as soon as possible. Call your mom, call your dad, see if you can go home earlier. It happens some days when you don't have any classes, you go home earlier, right? So first do that. If it's not possible, then obviously it's not in your control. As soon as you get home, the first thing you do is take a bath and pray. Okay? Inshallah. Yes. What if your periods aren't regular? That is not a healthy sign. And that means that it should be fixed, so go to your doctor. Seriously, I'm not joking here. A lot of girls, they don't pay much attention to it. They don't know when their period is coming, when it's not coming. And they take it this matter very lightly. It is a serious matter. So you need to go to the doctor for this. Okay? Regulate your periods with whatever medication they prescribe. Eat healthy, sleep better. Increase the iron in your body. Okay? Because that also affects your menstrual cycle, it's not a healthy thing that your periods are irregular. And please, this may be a little awkward, but make note of when your period starts and when it ends. Write it down somewhere or buy an app on your phone or whatever, okay, so that you can have a record of when typically your period begins and when it ends. Because this is a matter of what? Salah. This is a matter of salah. And in married people, this is a matter of relationship between husband and wife. So it can get complicated, it can create difficulties for a person. So keep a note of this, as difficult as it may be, but it will be very, very helpful for you, inshallah. Alright. Any other thing?
Yes, last question. Okay. Okay. Isha Fajr. That's a big confusion when it comes to the ending of period. Right? So, before you go to sleep, you check yourself. You check yourself. Has the period ended or not? If it has ended, it's clear to you, the discharge has become clear or it's completely dry, there is no discharge at all, then you take a bath, you pray Isha, and then you sleep. But if, if it's still not clear, then what do you do? You sleep, obviously, your period is still there. And the next morning at Fajr time, wake up and check yourself. Okay, don't sleep through Fajr, wake up at 9 o'clock and find out, oh, I, well, my period is done. I don't even know whether I had to pray Fajr or not. No, don't do that. Don't take that chance because Salah is something that's wajib on us. And it doesn't take much time. Just get up. I know it's very difficult, but make that effort. Get up, check yourself. If you are done, then pray. And if you're not, then don't pray. With fasting, same thing. Wake up at suhoor time. Check yourself. Let's say your period has ended. But you have only enough time to either take a bath or eat suhoor. Then what do you do? Eat suhoor, and then after that, you take a bath. Okay? You take a bath after that, even though it is time for fajr by then. It doesn't matter. Okay? You don't have to be in a state of purity to begin fasting. No, you can begin fasting even in the state of impurity, and after that you can take a bath, inshallah.